What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen, coming at you Monday through Friday, every single weekday. Make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team, every day in today's show. We are talking training camp. Uh, since I've been, since we last spoke, uh, Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams have both reported to camp. Uh, the Blazers have wrapped up training camp in Santa Barbara. They've come back to Portland and they're headed into the preseason. So I want to talk about the arrival of the two newcomers. I want to talk about the value of, of training camp and, and, and building continuity with a brand new team. And then I want to close the show talking about optimism. I got some a couple uh, really good emails from listeners who sent me emails and, and, and kind of um, explained their reasoning for being a little more optimistic about this team than maybe I am. And I want to I want to sort of talk through that and talk through pinpoint why I think specifically there is one reason for optimism with this team. Let's start with the new guys. Uh, if you're an everyday listener, you know that there was not a Friday show. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you know that I'm not in my normal recording studio. That's because I flew across the country. Uh, it was supposed to be a one-day trip. It turned into a multi-day trip, and so I was not, I was in the air most of the day on Friday, so we just missed that show, and most of the day Thursday, too, quite frankly. Uh, it was a long journey, uh, so apologies for not having one. I, I you know, I want to do five days a week. It just, it just didn't happen, so uh, some stuff has happened. This was kind of supposed to be what Friday was going to look like, but we're wrapping it into, we're wrapping it into Monday, October 9th show. Thanks for listening. Malcolm Brodding shows up. Robert Williams shows up. And the the gang is here. Um, I think my sort of general rule as I talk about training camp a bunch in this episode is you can learn some stuff, but you can't learn enough stuff in training camp, but it still has value. So what we learned, uh, Robert Williams, unsurprisingly, not going to start. If you listen to this podcast uh, regularly, you'll know that I thought that that was always an idea that people had misinterpreted that he was going to start and, and Chauncey Billups said as much. Other than that, Robert Williams, just a cool dude. He's going to be really, really fun and easy to root for. Uh, some great early interviews with with him, both uh, in media availability and also he had a good one on the briefcase with Casey Holdall on that podcast, available wherever you get podcasts as well. Um, but... Malcolm Brogdon shows up and, you know, there was this idea, obviously he was going to show up, right? <laughs> but uh, there was this idea coming in that Malcolm Brogdon was going to be a short timer. And the part of the idea was a very reasonable reporting from Adrian Wojnarowski, who said when the trade was announced, Robert Williams is going to be part, the Blazers want him to be part of the future uh, and, and, and part of their plan and they want to use him. And Malcolm Brogdon, you know, other other folks will be interested, other teams, excuse me, will be interested in him and they'll likely reroute him or look for look for another landing spot for him. And then at media day, Joe Cronin says, no, Malcolm Brogdon's part of the plan. And and, um, and Chauncey Billups echoes that and talks about how he's you know excited for him to be there. And Malcolm Brogdon kind of shows up and, and for his part, says all the right things. Says all the right things. Exactly what you want to hear. If you're a fan of this team um, and you're just like a fan of, of, of low drama, Malcolm Brogdon says exactly what you want to hear. He says, I want to be here. I'm going to make the most of my opportunity. I'm excited to be on this team. Uh, you know, the the reporting out there that says they have to trade me is, you know, is not necessarily true. I'm here. I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to do, I'm going to be me and do what they want me to do. I talked to the front office. I talked to Chauncey. They want me to be part of the plan. And while I'm here, I'm going to, I'm going to be part of the plan and go for it. Great. Unequivocally good stuff for Malcolm Brogdon, right? Like if you're, 
if you're like, oh, is he gonna is he gonna make waves? I mean, he's just not not that personality. If you listen to the a podcast I did with John Corrales, who was lost on Celtics, he basically predicted, nailed it, the exact way that that Brogdon would handle this. Right? He'd say the right things. He'd be a professional. He'd do his job. But John also said that. Brogdon will want to eventually play somewhere else. And I think that's inevitable. It feels like it's now going to be months, not weeks, but it certainly could be weeks, right? Like it, they could find it, they could make it happen. There's, you know, some questions with Brogdon because he had, uh, you know, he had a, that, uh, he had a tendon issue in his forearm elbow and, and like um, he was not healthy at the end of the playoffs. But I think there was some question about sort of, is his arm okay, right? Um, he was almost traded to the Clippers, but it sounds like the Clippers just didn't have time to look at his medical stuff. If they had had time, maybe he's already a Clipper, right? So like, um, t- timing worked for the Blazers, perhaps. I think this is good stuff from Brockton. I, like, it would be bad if he was like, yeah, you know, I'll be here while I'm here, but obviously I don't want to play on a, I don't want to be the oldest player on a team that's like not very good or, or probably not going to be very good um, or uncompetitive or young, whatever euphemism. Young is usually a euphemism for bad on a young team, uh, right? And and I think Malcolm Brogdon is good. Like he won sixth man of the year last year. Um, he, you know, his numbers were down a little bit just because he didn't play as much, but on a, on a, Per 36 bases for the last five seasons, he's been a 25 and five guy. Last year, he shot 44% from three. 25 and five on 44% from three is an incredible, it would be an incredibly productive guard to have on the roster. Really, 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 really good. But he can't play 35 minutes on this roster. It just straight up doesn't make sense. And that's, that is kind of the rub here. Malcolm Brogdon can help. Absolutely, he's good. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is probably their second best guard maybe you could argue best i think i don't know if he's like if him and Anthony simons take your pick he, he might be better because of ants ne- how much of a negative ant is on defense but if you want to take ant I'm sure like i think every simons can be better than him if you got a if you got a fat minute load um sure no problem so he, he's he's their second best guard one of their two best guards but you're blocking minutes for Scoot and blocking minutes for Shaden Sharp. And I've, I've kind of walked through this stuff before. With three guards, with, with Scoot and Shea and Ants, there is no minutes crunch. There's no problem. The math is very simple for all of them to play. When you add in a fourth guard, it gets dicey. Who's going to play? You have to slide Shaden up to like exclusively playing small forward, which I guess is fine, but he, he profiles to me as probably a two. It's fine. It's, it truly is fine if Shaden Sharp plays mostly small forward. I do not think it's a problem if... Malcolm Brogdon's on the roster, and Shaden Sharp, most of Shaden Sharp's minutes come at the three and three guard lineups. Is it the most productive and most competitive lineups you could put out there? Probably not, but is it is it significantly worse than playing, uh, you know, Jabari Walker or uh, bigger lineups that feature uh, J- Jeremy Grant at that spot? Well, probably the Jeremy Grant ones, but like not the Jabari Walker, not Chris Murray's, the not the Tumani Kamara. Like if those guys were to play the minutes at the three with the Blazers super thin, it's not any worse than Shaden. It's not that big of a deal. The problem is sort of the larger context is that if Malcolm Brown's cool and happy, but he wants to play 25 minutes a night, does that eat into the developmental minutes? Are you investing the right amount of sort of developmental equity into your young players if you're give, if you're carving out big minutes for Malcolm Brogdon? How long can you do that? I think you can just pencil in Anthony Simons for 35 minutes a night. I think you can pencil in um, Scoot Henderson for 30 minutes a night. You'd like to be able to do the same for Shaden Sharp. That would be a nice thing to be able to do. If you have to only do that small forward, again, it's fine, but it's not ideal. And that's where the rub comes. 
Malcolm, Rob, Malcolm Brogdon is saying the right things. Malcolm Brogdon can be a productive player. Malcolm Brogdon is straight up good at basketball, like will help the Blazers win games. All of that's good stuff. It's just, is it the right move for this team? I think it's like not that big of a deal, but I think in the end, it's why I do think he eventually gets moved. It's just about when, and again, now it sounds like weeks other than months. But I think the good news coming out of camp is that Malcolm Brogdon saying the right things and he's going to be easy to root for. The minutes, they'll shake out on their own. Um, the coach will figure it out. The front office will figure it out. But the Blazers, for now, the Blazers want him to be here. He's saying the right things. You just, ha- it's, it's better to have calm waters. And if they get choppy down the line, let them get choppy in 25 games. Uh, the other thing I think from camp is that the sort of the big thing I think you're going to hear coming out of camp is Chauncey Billups challenging uh, sixth-year pro, longest-tenured Blazer, Amphrey Simons, to be more vocal. Um, there's uh, Sean Heitken of Rose Garden Report wrote a story about this. It's, it is the sort of the thing that Chauncey wants to get out of Ant. It's him to come out of his shell a little bit. He's, he's a quiet guy. He's never been... He's a leader in the way that, like, I can go score, watch me go score, but he's never had to be a vocal leader, never had to be that sort of emotional leader on team. He's just always been the young guy. Things change very quickly for Ant overnight. Um that's that is a sort of the the development is can ant step into that sort of leadership and particularly vocal leader role um i will say this some folks use the phrase leading by example to me that does not mean leading that means just doing your job leading by example means going and doing your job leadership requires talking leadership requires the sort of a vocal aspect of telling folks where to be and what to do so you can lead by example all you want um but um that to me is not is not leadership uh that's just a stupid side note in in the second segment I want to talk about the value of training camp. The Blazers are brand stinking new. And one of the themes coming out of camp was sort of the general newness and getting to know each other and figuring it out. Um, there's value for a team that is brand new to get together outside of the their sort of home market and try to figure it out for a week. I think there's value in what the Blazers did in Santa Barbara. Let's talk about that value in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you about game time. Look, it's the NBA season, which means that you're going to probably be on your couch thinking like, should I go to this Blazer game? And maybe it's just hours before the game and you're worried about getting tickets. Well, if you have the game time app, you can just pull it up and you can find last minute tickets because that's what they specialize in. Game time is the number one spot for last minute tickets. So if you're deciding on Wednesday afternoon to go to a game, a Blazer game Wednesday night, no better place to do it they got flash deals they got zone deals and what i like is that when you pull up the app you look at it and it, it, all of every all of the price is fully inclusive you're not going to click on it and say oh 42 bucks that's a pretty good deal click through and when you get to the bottom you know it's 79 dollars. well you got a convenience charge you got a print at home charge even though it's a digital ticket they don't have that nonsense right the, the price you see is the price you pay with game time so if you want last minute tickets why don't you download the game time app create an uh an account. Use the code LOCKEDONMBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Use the redemption code LOCKEDONMBA. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. All right. So, Malcolm Brogdon in the fold. Robert Williams in the fold. Amphrey Simon's talking. That's that's the themes from from uh, from media day. 
or excuse me, from training camp. But the real value of training camp, and I think here it is, is that it's a new team getting to know each other. And that was overwhelmingly the theme of what folks talked about when they spoke with the media, the assembled media down there uh, in at UCSB. Uh, Blazers posted all the interviews on their YouTube channel. You can go check them out. But overwhelmingly, the conversation from Blazer players was like, everybody's new. Uh, in fact, uh, I listened to the, the briefcase with Casey Holdall. He had Rob Williams on there and, and Rob had a point about like how he was asking someone uh, like, Hey, what'd y'all do last year? And he realized when he asked that person wasn't there last year, the Blazers had four players currently on the roster that went training camp last season. Two of them were rookies, Jabari Walker and Shaden Sharp. The other one was Jeremy Grant, who arrived in July. They were brand new last year, and they're the incumbent vets with long-term knowledge of the Blazers system under Chauncey Billups. Pretty much Anthony Simons is the only one who, I mean, he is the only one who's played on the entire Billups tenure, but like kind of has the institutional knowledge of how we do things. Obviously, the new new front office of sorts, new, new coaching staff, like things have changed, but it's brand 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 spanking new uh there there's something to be said for having to everyone to figure it out together right like truly tabula rasa clean state clean slate excuse me where you can where you can install new stuff but i think there's real value in continuity there is real value in continuity the best teams in the league typically have some continuity at the top of the roster and maybe some new parts at the back certainly there's exceptions to the rule with the sort of continuity thing but like to be competitive typically some years of continuity obviously there's diminishing returns when you get too far down the line and things get stale in fact uh a couple summers ago, I did a whole podcast about it using a study from Texas A&M that argued exactly that. Continuity valuable at the top. The bell curve suggests it's bad in the back half. But the Blazers have none of that. In fact, continuity at one point for the Blazers was this way that the previous front office would talk about. It was like in a, a previous iteration of the Blazers. Joe Cronin worked for that front office, so I don't mean it's like completely separated. But the previous iteration of the front office was... Um, they would use the word continuity to mean we didn't really do anything this offseason. We're the same team and we're running it back. But continuity was they were champions of continuity, right? The most continuity of any team in the league. There's value there. I think that I think at the time for the for that iteration of the Blazers, it was um, a clown, just clown car uh, discussing it. But it was um, beyond like overusing it. There's there is actual real value. The Blazers don't have that. They're building that in camp. So you build it in a couple ways. I think you build less like the soft stuff. You build it because you leave you leave Portland and Chauncey Bills has talked about this, why he wanted to do it in Santa Barbara and uh, why he wanted to hold training camp in Santa Barbara, which he started doing last year. One, it's you're away from Portland. So you, when practice is done, they have two days when you're in between practices or practice is done for the day, you don't go back to your family or your, or your, or your friends and your peoples and just like do your thing. You're, in your hotel room and you're having some bonding moments with your, with your teammates, you're, um, you know, you're playing golf, you're spending some time on the water, you're enjoying Southern California, you're getting away from Oregon in, in October, right? Like, um, it's, it is, there is some value in just that, like the soft stuff being together, building that camaraderie, right? And then you build continuity in camp, like on the court. And I think you can build the basics of continuity, right? Um, you know, I mentioned the sort of Rob Williams story on Casey's podcast, uh, on the briefcase with Casey Hold, all available on all podcast platforms. Uh, it is uh, like he can say, hey, 
what what do you call this back last year? Well, like no one knows what they called that, what they call this. Like, oh, you you call that a drag. We actually call that a rub. Uh, We call, you know, our call for that is black. Your call for that used to be gold. Uh, But here we, you know, that's called, that's, you know, so you're, you're learning the language, right? But if nobody knows it, you can install it, right? You can start the building blocks. You don't have to do what you did before. Roy Rogers can come in there and install all the Blazers' defensive principles. I will say, uh, for the Blazers, bad on defense the last few years, like straight up bad. But they will, for their to their credit, they show multiple looks. They show multiple looks. Play a couple different types of man-to-man. Um, they play a couple different types of zone. They show a three-quarters court zone press for all you high school basketball <laughs> enthusiasts out there. Like, they, they, they're multiple. They're not very good, but they're multiple. So there's a lot to install install and you're building those you're really setting the foundation bare for a brand 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 new group there's nobody who can sort of give that institutional knowledge because it's that nobody was around except for Shaden and Jabari uh shout out to Jeremy Grant and and Anthony Simons who are going to have to do probably a lot of teaching you can build those blocks though you could build that on court continuity okay here are calls here's what we do here here's when he went 55 from the bench means that we drop back into this into this looking this the zone that looks like this um you know we never drop into zone after a after a miss basket we'll always be in man like those type of principal things you can get hey on on these actions on offense you always go middle right if you get this screen you go middle right away you flash to the rim if it's not there then you you kick out right that's i do build on the actions build on you can build that stuff. You can get the, there is continuity built with with a straight up early foundation set in camp. And the Blazers can really do that with a new group. And there's real value there. But the nuances of playing this stuff, it's like, here's the thing. You can you can do it in camp. You can, you can show it a little bit in preseason. But until you get to someone who can break your scheme, until Luka Doncic comes to town or Kawhi Leonard or LeBron or whatever, uh, someone who is like totally just like immune to whatever your defense is and you say okay we can't stop him we have to take away other stuff that's the nuances of, pl- of a new team that's the value of continuity if you've played together a million times okay this dude is breaking us here's a quick adjustment we're going to make new teams you'll have to see it try it fail at it fix it again it's like that that's i think the blazers can build good habits they can set a strong foundation i think there's real value in that in camp for for a brand new team much more than teams that are 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 experienced like this week was important for the blazers but the like actual nuance of playing together like basketball is about creativity basketball is about improvisation and on both ends to be able to be creative and be able to improvise when the other team is trying to improvise um that you get from reps playing together you can set this you can set all of the the sort of steps in motion right you can say here's here the here's the checklist here's what we do in these situations but you got to kind of get into it to figure it out um it's why i think you know i don't know if the blazers are going to start slow or whatever like they uh they might start at the exact uh, pace that they're going to play all year but um in terms of wins and losses but but i think there is for a brand new team training camp and setting a solid getting solid work in into what we want to do and how we want to do it is super valuable because when you get into the mix you that's all you have to rely on you don't have years of how oh, well, this is what we've done in the past and this is how we've always blah, blah, blah. you just have these are principles we have everyone make sure you're sticking to our principles and communicating our principles when we're out on the courts and if we do that, we can start developing good habits. And the more we see teams that break our principles and we have to respond, the good habits we've formed allow us to get better. You do that by playing NBA basketball. You don't do that in training camp and you don't do that in preseason. 
there is real value in what they learned this week. And if it's going to show up early in the season, we will be able to appreciate what they learned this week. Speaking of early in the season, some of you are pretty darn optimistic about the Portland Trailblazers. And one thing I will never do on this podcast is I will never yuck your yum. I will tell you what I think and I will try to walk you through my logic. But for the most part, I'm going to let you fan how you want to fan. That's the fun part about this stuff is being excited. This is the time to be excited. So if you are brimming with optimism right now about the Portland Trailblazers, join me in the third segment. I'll tell you, I will put a put an address on it. I'll tell you exactly why if I were to change my tune a little bit, the exact reason that would make me a little more optimistic or just straight up make me optimistic about the Portland Trailblazers. That's what we'll talk about to close the show. But first, let me tell you about Jace Medical. Jace Medical makes it simple to care for the ones you love during uncertain times. Nobody should have to feel that uh, anxiety or or just uh, nervous about taking care of themselves or the people that are meaningful to them. You should be empowered during the unexpected times. That's why Jace Medical offers Jace Case. Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind. So they're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Case makes sure you have medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to the licensed pharmacy medication delivery. So you can get set up, you can get it delivered, and then after that, they handle the ongoing consultation and care so you know what to do. So don't get caught unprepared. Instead, get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using this code, locked on at checkout, on jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and use that code, locked on. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Talked about the newcomers, the themes from camp, the value of continuity, and how important this week was. I don't know that it will show up, right? Because I, I am I am I am of two minds. Actually, I'm of the same mind in two different ways. Is what I of two minds is not actually what I am. I, I believe two things very firmly. One, you can't. A new team can't learn enough in without playing the actual games. It doesn't mean they're going to lose the actual games, but you're going to learn some lessons from playing the actual games. And two, I don't think the Blazers are going to be very good this year. The over-under line on FanDuel right now, as I'm recording this, is 28.5 wins this season. I think that's a really good line. I would cautiously go to the under. I think this is a 28-win team. But I've heard from some of your fellow listeners who are more optimistic than I am. And... I, like I said, I'm not here to tell you how to root or that you're wrong or yuck your yum or rain on your parade or any of that stuff, right? Like I, I'm that, that's, that's not what I want to do here. I want to be honest about what I think. I want to be honest about why I think it. And then I will tease out, um, both why I think it and, and, and why I might be wrong, right? Like I am, one of the things I like doing about this podcast is when I'm wrong about stuff, people send me thoughtful emails to lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com and we can kind of walk through where I missed, where I made a mistake, where they knew I was going to make a mistake and we can have those kind of conversations, right? Like um, that's the fun, fun sort of um, interesting basketball discussion is not being right. It's figuring out why you might've been wrong about something, or if you were right about something, why the other person was wrong. Like that's, to me, that's interesting. So I think it's like a 28 win team. If you think this is like a 35 win team and I'm an idiot, 
This is October 9th show. Go ahead and forward me this one, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com sometime in like March. Shoot, shoot, shoot me this, shoot me this note. When they win their, when they're 28 and seven on uh, Christmas day, shoot me this note. I guess it, that 35th game is like in January, but you, you know what I'm talking about. But I had, I had two really good emails from listeners over this week. They sent me emails to LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. One from longtime listener, Dr. J, one time, one from longtime listener, Jonathan, both touching on similar things. That the Blazers are perhaps not as young as they are being portrayed to be. Uh, Jonathan, a longtime listener, particularly saying like, Amphrey Simons is in year six, Jeremy Grant's 29, Malcolm Brogdon's 30, uh, DeAndre Ayton's played in big, meaningful basketball games, Rob Williams played in big, meaningful basketball games. Um, you know, it's, they've... Uh, Shaden Sharp, you know, he's certainly young, year two. Scoot, Scoot Henderson has played a couple years of professional basketball. But, like, they've got, they're you know, of their top eight, six of them are, like, real deal NBA vets. I miss Matisse Thibel in there, a dude who's played, you know, this is entering his fifth year in the league, right? Like, it's like they, they have, of their top eight guys, six of them real deal uh, NBA vets, and one of them a guy who's played a couple years of professional basketball. They're not as young as people think, right? Not as young. Amphrey Simons might be 24, six years, six years in the league. And Dr. J sent me an email that um, saying that, like, you know, there is there is a world in which the Blazers are this year's Jazz. And last year, the Jazz were a team that, you know, trade away Donovan Mitchell, trade away Rudy Gobert, and then were competitive for a, for a, for a, long, um, a long stretch of the season until it's kind of fading down the stretch when they traded away those vets, right? Trade away some of their, their, their players. But the vets is the important part. The Jazz started the year with their top seven as all vets, they're just it, like I don't see the direct comparison with the Blazers. Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Lowry Markinen, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Kelly Olynyk, Colin Sexton. Uh, um, they just they Malik Beasley. Like they, even before Walker Kessler was playing, they're playing seven NBA vets like in their rotation in their top seven. Um, Rudy Gay was playing early in the year. Like they're just they were just much older than the Blazers. The Blazers are really young in the back half of the roster. Even if you can see that the first six guys, there's six of their first eight that are that are older. Two of the top eight guys are a 20-year-old and a 19-year-old, and the, the, they've got you know a bunch of a bunch of second and first-year players back half of the rotation. Bunch of them. You say Chris Murray's 23, Tamani Kamara's 23. Sure, 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 sure. No doubt about it. No doubt. No doubt about it. I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm saying I don't see it necessarily. But if I were to see it, it would be one place, one place. The difference, like, because you could say, okay, Amphrey Simons is going to take that Lowry Markinen leap, and uh, Michael Conley is is sort of that steady vet that will be played by the role of Jeremy Grant, and then uh, sort of the breakout, you know, the, the DeAndre Ayton is going to play that is is going to be the sort of other breakout uh, stars, like the, sort of the Jordan Clarkson career year type of thing, and then you've got um, Robert Williams, who's just like a better version of Kelly Olynyk, and uh, like you know, like you could, I I could see you, I could see easily you talking yourself into it. But the way you would talk me into it, the way that my my sort of pessimism, I don't even know if it's pessimism, the way that my projection would change to being optimistic is scoot. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. And Dr. J pointed this out. Scoot Anderson's played two years of professional basketball. Jonathan's note mentioned this too, but this is Dr. J's argument. We had a good back and forth on email. Two years of professional basketball. And if you believe that the G League Ignite and the, and playing in G League games is a better incubator for 19-year-olds than playing, you know, eight months in Lexington for the Kentucky Wildcats, 
then you can talk yourself into, you can start to see that Scoot Henderson is not a typical 19-year-old, that he is a player with a seasoned youngster. He's still 19, but he has seasoning atypical, unique uh, among his peers. And that if he's going to be, you know, typically 19-year-old struggle in the league, even really good ones, but if there are exceptions to the rule, there's like the Luka Doncic. Is this G League Luka? That would be what changes for me. If Scoot is a sort of ready-to-go, hitting-on-all-cylinders type of player, positive contributor, then yeah, I can see the Blazers sticking around. What does sticking around mean? Like, I don't know, squarely in the play-in, I guess, is what is what I would say is my sort of optimistic, optimistic view. I just don't, like, the West is just too good. Like, just... My concern about the Blazers is that their lack of top-end talent and their lack of depth. I don't think Scoot's going to morph into top-end talent in year one. I think he could very, very quickly. I think he could morph into top-end talent by year two after a year in the NBA. But, like, I don't think he's going to be there. What I touched on in the first segment is, like, if Malcolm Brogdon was playing 30 minutes a night on this team, I think I could start to see, oh, yeah, they're going to be more aggressive than, more competitive than than people are giving them credit for right now. I don't think Malcolm Brogdon's going to have that big of a role. I think Brogdon is going to be is going to be reduced in that 20 or 22 range. And and that is why it'll get a little bit tricky. Like, I think they should and they will prioritize minutes for Scoot Henderson and Shane Sharp. It's the right thing to do developmentally. And if you do that, you're typically going to be a little bit worse because young players are typically a little bit worse. Malcolm Brown is going to be a more effective basketball player than Shaden Sharp this year. The hope is that by playing Shaden Sharp a bunch of minutes, that ain't true next year. So if there were a thing that were to change, in my opinion, about this team, the number one thing, like the thing when you're arguing, when you are are making the case that this team's going to surprise and this team's going to be good, it's Scoot. It's Scoot taking the leap. It's Scoot being better than you think. It's Scoot being special right away because he's played two years of professional basketball. It's Scoot is not a typical 19-year-old and he doesn't play like a typical 19-year-old. And then all of a sudden you've got your six vets of your top eight. You've got this really, really good teenager. And then, yeah, then you can mess around and be competitive deep into the season. That's where I would point to. That's the thing. That's the one thing, the sort of linchpin of whether this team's going to be like sort of a tough out on any given night or or they're going to kind of just be one of the bad teams to be fair to be clear i don't think it matters if they're one of the bad teams i don't think it's a big deal like i think um i think they've done a good job and i think they're going to be really enjoyable to watch um i think they're going to be like i think they're going to be a fun team so i don't i'm not i'm not super worried about them being bad but why i think they're going to be a team that loses 50 games this year is because i i just don't see their top end talent but if you do, if you do, that's got to be it, right? It's because you really believe in Scoot. And that's fun. It's fun to believe. This is the time of year that's fun to believe. I think having optimism in October as a fan of the NBA is the right way to do it. It's not the way I do it because I'm a hater. <laughs> I'm not even a hater. I'm just a natural pessimist, right? But I think it's. I think being optimistic is, is just a much better... Um, it's a more fun way to care about this team, right? Is to say, like, I could see it happening. Walk through the logic however you need to walk through it. Um, that's how I see it. To me, if you're a big believer in Scoot, you can start to really believe. I want to I wanna ask you, you all a favor, dear listeners. Send me an email, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. doesn't need to be super long. Uh, I was thinking about this day and I had this conversation actually with my, with my father. 
And he said he's he's really excited about this team this year. And it's been a long time since he can remember um, this sort of level of excitement around the Trailblazers. And um, I'll call him out a little bit. He's a pretty casual fan. So some of you are uh, some of you are more diehard than him, much more into it. Um, and it's like some of you have lived in the Pacific Time Zone, something he's never done. Calling you out again, Dad. Never lived west of the Mississippi, um, maybe briefly for some summers. But uh, if you have a memory of the Portland Trailblazers in recent vintage that you were more excited about than this team, tell me, because I don't think the Blazers are going to be very good this year. But I feel excited to watch them and see what they become in a way that I have not with previous iterations. I certainly thought other teams were much more competitive. But tell me the last time you were this excited to watch the Portland Trailblazers. Send me an email, lockedonblazerspot.gmail.com. I will share some of those on a show later this week. That is going to do it for today's show. Uh, Again, apologies for not having a Friday show. Um, Blame a large national airline carrier for it because that's who did me dirty. They didn't do me dirty. Life just is tough. Uh, it's sometimes, sometimes it's like that when you're traveling 3,000 miles. But we're going to come back. We're going to do more shows. We're going to continue our season previews. Um, I'm not in Portland, so I'm going to... I missed FanFest. It's happening like as I'm recording this right now. Uh, I did miss FanFest. So it, it's... It's not a great thing to sort of share podcasts about, but it's a fun thing to watch. Like the rookies uh, do whatever they do, sing, usually at half court of recent years, uh, sing and dance. Maybe they used to do the Dougie back when the Dame was a rookie. I don't think they're doing the Dougie anymore because that was 10 years ago, but they'll do whatever the new dance craze is that I don't know about. So go enjoy FanFest. I'm not going to talk about it here, but I will talk Tuesday. They play a preseason game. The New Zealand Breakers. I won't be in the gym for it. I'm still going to be on, I'm still going to be in the East Coast, but I, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I will find a way to watch it. I'm pretty smart. Uh, so we'll talk about that. They're going to play real basketball. I'm super excited for them to play basketball games and the game doesn't even count. doesn't even count the preseason standings, but like it's, uh, we're going to see them play, see them do some stuff, see kind of what they've worked on, see, um, you know, kind of what rotations look like, what combos look like. I'm super excited to watch them play a basketball game against at least somebody else. So what we do, five days a week, we'll continue our player previews as we roll into towards uh, the regular season and we'll get everybody ton on the roster. Um, I'm I'm excited about this team. I'm excited about the week of podcasts ahead. Do me a favor, tell your friends about the show. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.